Hey everyone, and welcome to Astro Vibes, a podcast where I, your host and astrologer, Caro, get down to the nerdy, dirty details of this ancient language and sometimes about you. This is an astrology podcast that'll help you better understand your birth chart and thereby help you understand yourself. Astro Vibes is produced by an amazing team through ambientvibesmusic.com, a music blog that uplifts and exposes artists through its platform. You can follow us on Instagram at ambientvibesmusic and check out the website in the show notes to book a reading with me. Also, it really helps the podcast if you rate and review it on whatever podcast platform you're listening through. The team works really hard on the show, and validation is always welcome. Plus, it helps other people discover the show and learn all of the cool astrology things. On today's episode, I'll be sharing about the fire sign moons and the most important transits of the next week or so. Make sure you stick around to the end if you want to hear your eclipse season horoscope. So first, let's start off with the moon sign series. I gave an introduction to the moon last time, so I highly recommend listening to the episode before this if you want to get the most out of today. Fire moons, it's your time to shine. Before I go into each of the individual signs, which are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, I want to say some general things about this class of element as your moon placement, and a couple of other things to look at for more information about this planet in your chart. So, fire equals heat, obviously, and having your moon in a fire sign brings a little extra heat and spice to your emotional and physical needs. If you've ever been mind-boggled by how some people can just chill and rest for self-care or bite their tongue when they're upset, you might be a fire moon. This isn't a bad thing. Fire moons are great at taking the initiative in their emotional lives and they greet their loved ones with warmth. The moon also represents our pasts and often reflects our childhoods. So if you have a fire moon, you might have had a caregiver growing up who was bold and action-oriented and who encouraged you, whether consciously or unconsciously, to be that way too when it comes to your feelings and how you are with yourself. The house that the moon rules in your chart, aka whatever house cancer falls in for you, because the moon rules cancer, will also be important to pay attention to. It'll give you more information about the part of your life that's intertwined with the house that your moon is in. In the birth chart, both of these houses are inextricably involved with everything that the moon represents. For example, if you're a seventh house Aries moon with Cancer as your third house, this gives me the vibes that you feel safest in your partnerships, the seventh house, possibly especially those that appear in your everyday life, the third house. When stuff comes up related to one of these houses and transits, it'll usually involve the other in some way, so that's important to know if you're looking at those. Also, look at the aspects you have to your moon, because they'll tell you about the emotional experiences, blessings, and challenges that you may have, especially in the earlier part of your life. The aspects help characterize your moon, what parts of it, what parts of you it clashes with and vibes with. If you have any aspects to your sun, these are super important to understand better because they tell you about the relationship between your inner self, the moon, and your outer self, the sun. For example, if your moon is in Aries and your sun is in Capricorn, that's a square aspect because they're separated by about 90 degrees. 
The moon and the sun are at odds with each other here. With the cardinal nature of both of these signs, your inner and outer self might butt heads about who gets to be in control. Also in the branch called psychological astrology, aspects to the sun are also seen as representative of the relationship between your main caregivers. So that's interesting to think about too. So if you want to delve deeper, look into those pieces of your chart after you listen to these delineations. So now let's get into the general vibe of each of these moon signs. Aries, the cardinal fire sign. If you have an Aries moon, you come home to a self that is bold, physically and emotionally heated, and that likes action. Ruled by Mars, Aries is the archetypal warrior, always aggressively facing what it cares about head on. You feel safest when you're asserting yourself. It's the first of all the signs, so if you're an Aries moon, you might actually be more comfortable at the beginning part of things, like relationships, jobs, or maybe even the earlier part of the day. The moon represents our conditioned responses, and your moon is the quickest of the signs to emotionally react. And again, this is an aggressive sign. This could get an Aries moon into trouble, so a helpful self-care move could be doing things that help you cool down your emotions before responding, like breath work or some kind of movement to burn off the heat. Being as open to new experiences as you are, Aries moon, you might also get tired of using the same old techniques. As a proactive move, you might benefit from keeping a list of the new strategies you want to try and referring to that when you're trying to figure out what to do to recharge. Leo, the fixed fire sign. If you have a Leo moon, you come home to a self that is expressive, generous, and loves to put on a show. Because the sun is at home in Leo, the moon isn't exactly the most comfortable here. It's kind of paradoxical in this sign, because the moon represents your intimate internal self, and Leo is a very performative and attention-loving sign. To my Leo moons, it's okay to like attention. You actually need it, and that's because it helps you feel confident, which helps you feel emotionally safe. There's nothing wrong with that, as long as you're a kind human to others. The sun shines bright for a reason. Make sure to check feelings of resentment when someone else is in the spotlight, or for being so prideful that you can't own up to your emotional responses. Self-care rituals for Leo moons have to have a dose of fun and play attached to them. Things like watching cartoons or comedies, or going out to play a sport with friends to unwind. There's an element of being in touch with the inner child that's important for Leo moons. And now for Sagittarius, the mutable fire sign. If you have a Sagittarius moon, you come home to a self that is adventurous, likes to pursue self-development, and wants to come home to a deeper understanding of the truth of life. Jupiter, Sagittarius's ruler, lends the sign its positivity, hopefulness, and idealism. Emotionally, you probably feel safest when you have a good amount of freedom in your life. Watch out for being a little too idealistic, and like the rest of the fire signs, it'd probably be good to burn off some of that energy. You might benefit from self-care activities, like going out and exploring a new neighborhood, trying new kinds of foods, or just staying at home with a book that takes you to another land. Sagittarius moons like being in the state of constant growth, so long-term therapy might be your jam. 
Their conditioned responses are to leap before they look and see what happens. So those are the fire sign moons. And definitely stay tuned for the earth, air, and water sign parts of this series. They're coming up. Now it's time for our break. And when we come back, I'll go into the week's transits and your horoscopes for the eclipse season we're currently in. If you like the music you hear, make sure to check out the song and artist information in the show notes. Tonight's just a white hot mess. I don't call inviting all the friends. Got me in the corner like a fly on the wall. If you don't want it, then why'd you come at all? But I won't be played. My middle name's heartbreak, middle name's heartbreaker now. Woohoo! It's transit time for the week of May 8th through 15th of 2022. This is a pretty big week. All of May is actually pretty big, which you may have already figured out from just living your own damn life. I personally am not enjoying the collective astrology and experience of the moment. Hearing about the Roe v. Wade leak was hard, not only as a person with a uterus, but also as a therapist hearing about how it's affecting people's mental health. It felt like a punch in the gut, especially after the ways that states have been fighting to limit trans people's bodily autonomy before this came out. The shit is fucked up, and there's work that we all need to do, including myself. I encourage you to get involved and resist however you best resist, whether that's donating resources, physically protesting, or getting involved with local politics, or maybe all of them, whatever. There's at least one thing each of us can do to make our mark in this moment, and it's important that we take some kind of action. With that being said, here's what's coming up this week. Mercury will begin its retrograde on Tuesday, May 10th. It will station or slow down and get ready to go the other way at 4 degrees of Gemini, and then backtrack all the way to 26 degrees of Taurus and start moving forward through the Zodiac again on Friday, June 3rd, 2022. Although pop culture has labeled this transit as bad or scary, Mercury retrogrades happen about three times a year, so chances are you're pretty used to them by now. I'm not saying it can't be a shit show though. Mercury rules all things related to the mind, communication, technology, and travel. When it retrogrades, it's a time when our brains are just not working up to speed. Human errors like miscommunications, forgetting or losing stuff, or technical breakdowns can happen. Look at your transits during Mercury retrogrades to see the lessons that you're meant to learn at this time. Or you can pay an astrologer to do the work for you. My booking link is in the show notes. You're going to want to look at the houses that Gemini and Taurus fall in for you to learn more about what parts of your life are going to be affected by this retrograde. It's going to start in Gemini, so look to that house for the part of your life that will be affected for the beginning part of this journey. Then because it's going back to Taurus for a bit from May 22nd to June 13th, we're then going to be returning to some themes that happened during the Mercury-Taurus transit, which went from April 10th through the 29th. What was going on in your brain and communications from the middle to end part of April? You're being asked to revisit these issues because maybe they're not completely resolved yet. You may have to do over some type of mental work that you were doing around that time. By June 13th, 
when Mercury is no longer retrograde, and finally back in Gemini, you should see some of these issues reaching a resolution. I would definitely recommend not making any big commitments during these weeks, like signing any kind of contract or deal, sending a really important communication, or taking any big trips. Mercury retrogrades are really good times for revisiting and revising things, so it'd be strategic to put most of your energy towards stuff like that. Of course, life doesn't really work that way, and we still have to get shit done during Mercury retrogrades. So if you have to, you have to. So I'm having this issue myself, and astrology's helping me deal with it more strategically than I might have if I didn't know about this retrograde cycle. So I thought it would be helpful maybe to share it with people so you can see my thought process when it comes to transits. Maybe it'll help yours. So Mercury is beginning its retrograde in my Gemini second house of gathering personal assets and resources, as well as values and what I consider mine. Sometimes astrology can be pretty obvious. This coincides with my second to last month of living in Chicago before I move across the country to California, where I'm from. This process directly involves second house themes. I have to take inventory of all the stuff I've gained over the past seven years, material and non-material, and choose what I'm taking with me and what I'm not. I have to take looking for a job more seriously because a job equals financial resources. It's a huge change in my life where I'm really having to look at what I value and care about the most. Then Mercury will re-enter Taurus, which is my first house of self, body, and identity. I'm interpreting this as a time where I'm going to get distracted from that inventory-taking process and have to focus back on myself, who I am, my physical body, which makes sense, right? It checks out that towards the end of this month, slash the beginning of next, I'll be thinking a lot about my identity, because I'll be leaving the place I live for seven years. One thing I know for sure is that I'll be taking my physical body with me, so maybe caring for it a little extra would be a good idea especially my mind, because it's Mercury we're talking about. Also, a good time to check in with the identities I'm holding as I go back and make this big change. So now I know this process is going to get a little fucked up, but it'll be okay in the end as long as I learn my mercurial lessons. It's highly less than ideal timing, but now I can brace myself for some dysfunction in this area of life. Thanks to having learned about astrology, I can also look at the transits that Mercury will be repeating over the course of its retrograde. This gives me clues for what to expect and tells me more specifically what themes I'll encounter. Yay, astrology! So on May 10th as well, Jupiter enters Aries, ushering in abundance to whatever house Aries falls in for you. It'll stay there until October 28th of this year, and then it'll retrograde back into Pisces for a couple of months. So you can expect to revisit themes from the earlier part of this year towards the end of it. Venus moved into Aries just last week, so Jupiter is joining it there. Venus is in detriment in Aries, but having Jupiter there provides a little boost and shielding from the challenges it faces there. We're also about to have Mars in Aries in the next couple of weeks, I believe. So a little more power in the Aries part of your chart is coming for sure. Jupiter grows and expands whatever it touches, so this area of life might get some extra love and blessings for you. Jupiter, like Venus, 
will make things a little easier in whatever house it's transiting for you. It helps create space in that part of your life and lightens up whatever obstacles you might have been facing there. Then, on Sunday, May 15th at 11.14 p.m. Central Standard Time, we'll have a total lunar eclipse at 25 degrees of Scorpio. This eclipse will actually be visible in North America, so I super recommend you make time to go out and see it, connect with the universe and shit. Scorpio is a sign of intensity and depth, of turning inward and really feeling your feelings. It's the time of the year when things are decaying and going to sleep for the winter. Lunar eclipses are related to transitions involving major endings. With both of these in mind, I would definitely look out for what are you ready to discard in the house that this lunation falls in. I'm not going to go too into detail about the chart this time, because we have horoscopes to get to. I'll tell you one thing I'm keeping an eye on though, and that's the Mars-Neptune conjunction happening in Pisces on the same day of the eclipse. The area of your chart which has recently been lit up by Jupiter-Neptune-Venus action is now going to have a bit of a harder time. When Mars and Neptune conjoin, it fogs up our energy and passion. Whatever house Pisces falls in your chart, this is where you might feel this damp sense of irritability and I can't do this right now. On the other hand, Mars and Neptune is great for igniting empathy and compassion for others. So maybe put your energy toward that, if anything, that day. I would definitely not recommend overdoing anything just because you feel uncomfortable with the changes you're undergoing, whether that's through drugs, food, calling your ex, whatever. Because this combination will make you vulnerable to escapism. Even if you experience this eclipse really negatively, remember we still have a lot of this Taurus-Scorpio cycle to go, and that things will definitely not feel this way forever. Lean on the gifts and blessings you received in Pisces recently for support. Now, let's get into your horoscopes for this Taurus-Scorpio eclipse cycle. Aries Rising For you, this cycle of eclipses, which started in November of 2021, are happening in your second 8th house axis, bringing changes and turning points to these areas of life. The recent eclipse that happened on April 30th was in your Taurus second house, so you may have had big themes come up around topics like your assets, values, resources, and how you gather them, both materially and internally. Perhaps this eclipse forced you to think more about the resources you do and don't have at hand. Or like me, you're taking stock of what you have and what you want to discard. The upcoming eclipse on May 15th is happening in your 8th house, which rules your shared resources, collaborations, the ways you receive material and non-material support, and then the process of transforming all those things into something new. Next week, it's time to think about the other end of the spectrum, like maybe themes are coming up around collaborations with others and using other people as a resource. You might be feeling, feeling pulled back and forth between big changes in these two parts of your life right now, and that's being reflected in the sky. Remember, we are pretty early in this eclipse cycle. It doesn't end until October 2023. 20, so the changes might not be completely obvious right now, but you might see things manifesting a bit later on. Taurus Rising. For Taurus Risings, this cycle of eclipses, which started in November of 2021, are happening in our first seventh house axis. 
It's a big deal when eclipses fall near the angles of your chart, like the Ascendant, Descendant, MC, and IC points. These eclipses are definitely bringing important moments of your life to the surface and should be paid close attention to. The recent solar eclipse that happened on April 30th might have hit you really hard, especially if your rising or any other planets are between 5 to 15 degrees of Taurus. This eclipse put the focus on your first house of self, identity, your body, and physical appearance, the youest house that there is. I decided to use this energy to get highlights and three new tattoos, and let me tell you, it was a lovely time. For you, maybe it's moving or getting pregnant or coming into a new part of your identity. The upcoming lunar eclipse in Scorpio on May 15th is now pulling you to the other end of the spectrum, bringing changes to your partnerships, which could be anything from close relationships, romantic or sexual relationships, or even people you work closely with if your work is very relationship-driven. This could look like entering a new relationship, ending an old one, or even breaking some sort of contract. You're being asked to step into a new phase of your life when it comes to how you know yourself and how you know what's outside of you. Because this eclipse cycle extends to October of 2023, we are just getting started, baby. Gemini Rising For you, this cycle of eclipses, which started in November 2021, falls in your 6th 12th house axis, pulling you back and forth between the houses about your physical and mental health. The solar eclipse we had on April 30th in Taurus affected your 12th house, or the part of your chart that deals with your rest, release, and those things that we tend to hide from others and ourselves. I wouldn't be surprised if you told me you were in completely exhausted hermit mode that whole weekend. Not a bad idea to mark down when the rest of these 12th house eclipses will come along so you can prepare yourself. The upcoming lunar eclipse on May 15th will be taking place in your 6th house, the house of your physical routines and health habits and your daily work. Maybe you're experiencing major health-related changes right now, or someone important to you is. This could be a major turning point or wake-up call in terms of how you take care of yourself physically and on the inside. If you feel like nothing is going on in these parts of your life, stay tuned because this eclipse season does not end until October of 2023. Cancer Rising Cancer Rising, you are having this cycle of eclipses, which started in November of 2021, in your 5th, 11th house axis, bringing your attention back and forth between how you create your life and express yourself, individually and with others. The Taurus solar eclipse we had on April 30th happened in your 11th house of friends, groups, alliances, and who you build your future with. These themes might be highlighted through major events or transitions in the coming year like joining a new group of any kind, or thinking and planning for the future more than usual. The upcoming Scorpio Lunar Eclipse is happening in your fifth house of self-expression, play, pleasure, and children, human or creative. I wouldn't be surprised if you told me that you're in the process of birthing a creative project or a real-life baby. Remember that eclipses are a cyclical process, and this cycle doesn't end until October 2023. Leo Rising. For Leo Risings, this cycle of eclipses, which began in November 2021, fall in your 4th, 10th house axis, 
you're experiencing a set of eclipses in angular houses, which makes them more powerful than eclipses in other houses. The Taurus solar eclipse that happened on April 30th was in your 10th house of public reputation, social status, and career. Maybe you experienced some more radical changes, like starting a new job or taking a new role in your life, like you're becoming a caretaker when that usually wasn't part of your life job description. The upcoming Scorpio lunar eclipse on May 15th is in your fourth house of home, family, your private life, and your roots and foundations in this world. Around that time, you might notice things bubbling up in your home or private life. You might be feeling pulled back and forth between these parts of your life, with major changes and transitions happening or starting to happen in both. If you feel like nothing's going on related to these things, this shift might still be internal and could evolve over the next year and a half until 2023 when a new cycle begins. Virgo Rising For Virgo Risings, this cycle of eclipses, which began in November 2021, lands in your third ninth house axis. So, how you learn, synthesize, and communicate information might be up for a change or transition. The Taurus solar eclipse that happened on April 30th fell in your ninth house of higher learning, long journeys, and foreign things and places. This could have manifested as taking up a new long-term study project, traveling somewhere far away from home, or even like meeting someone important to you from an unfamiliar place. The Scorpio Lunar Eclipse on May 15th will highlight your third house of basic learning and communication, familiar day-to-day environments, and siblings, or those who feel like siblings to you. You might notice changes happening in the world immediately surrounding you, or in the way that you communicate with others verbally or in writing. These changes can be subtle right now, considering we're in the early part of this eclipse cycle, which ends in October 2023. Libra Rising For Libra Rising, this cycle of eclipses, which began on in November 2021, is occurring in your 2nd, 8th house axis, emphasizing important changes coming up in the parts of your life that deal with your resources. The Taurus solar eclipse we had on April 30th fell in your 8th house of shared resources, things like merging and transforming what's yours with someone else's, like shared finances, mutual aid, and sex. Maybe there was an important moment in a collaboration that you're a part of, or you've recently decided to merge your resources with someone else, like a partner. The upcoming Scorpio lunar eclipse occurs in your second house of what's yours, like resources, assets, values, and finances. It's pulling you to the other end of the spectrum, forcing you to consider the things you possess and how you go about obtaining them. You might be feeling a push-pull effect between these two areas of your life until October 2023, when this eclipse cycle ends and a new one begins. Scorpio Rising For Scorpio Rising, this cycle of eclipses, which began on November 2021, are happening in your first 7th house axis. Like I've said for a couple of the signs already, these eclipses are big for you because they fall in angular houses. It's especially impactful if you have your ascendant or any planets within 20 to 30 degrees of Scorpio. The solar eclipse we had on April 30th hit your seventh house of partnerships, like your best friends, your work partners, and romantic or sexual relationships. 
any relationship where you're in some sort of written or unwritten contract with someone. Maybe there are important new one-on-one -on -one relationships developing in your life, or you're being forced to really evaluate the ones that you're in right now. The upcoming lunar eclipse happening on May 15th will be in your first house of self, identity, and body and physical appearance. This will bring your focus to the opposite of the seventh house, your relationship with yourself and how you understand yourself in relation to others. These changes are just at the beginning of their journey and will continue until this eclipse cycle ends in October of 2023. Sagittarius Rising For Sagittarius Rising, this cycle of eclipse, which began in November 2021, is happening in your 6th, 12th house axis, reflecting major changes and transitions that might be happening in regards to your health. The first solar eclipse we had on April 30th happened in your Taurus 6th house, which is about the way you take care of yourself physically. I wouldn't be surprised if you told me you're trying out a new health program of sorts, like a workout class or eating more nutritiously. The upcoming lunar eclipse in Scorpio will be in your 12th house which is about how you take care of yourself mentally. Now it's time to think about the other side, like considering therapy or getting into some really deep work with your therapist if you already have one. You might need some extra sleep around this time because eclipses are already energy drainers and this one is in your house of rest. Expect this back and forth to keep happening until October 2023 when this eclipse cycle comes to a close. Capricorn Rising Capricorn Risings are experiencing this set of eclipses that began in November 2021 in their 5th, 11th house axis, bringing attention to turning points when it comes to how you express yourself as an individual and with others. The Taurus solar eclipse that we had on April 30th happened in your 5th house of fun, pleasure, and creative or human babies. Perhaps young people were playing more of a prominent role in your life, or you might have felt more productive and expressive creatively. The upcoming lunar eclipse on May 15th will highlight your 11th house of friends, alliances, and who you build your future with. You'll be forced to look at the other end of the spectrum through major changes in the groups you associate with and the alliances you form. This could look like transitioning out of an old collective you were a part of, finding a new organization to get involved with, or making plans for the future with your friends. These areas of your life will be a big part of your focus until this eclipse cycle ends in October of 2023. Aquarius Rising For Aquarius Rising, these eclipses, which started in November 2021, land in your 4th, 10th house axis, showing you where to look for upcoming changes and transitions. These eclipses are especially important for you because they fall on an angle of your chart the highest and lowest points, which represent the most public and private parts of your life. The Taurus solar eclipse we had on April 30th happened in your 10th house of career, public roles, and reputation. You may have started a new job or taken on a new role in your life, like if you used to be just a sister and then your sister got married, your new role is officially sister-in-law, right? The upcoming lunar eclipse in Scorpio is landing in your fourth house of home, family, and foundations. I wouldn't be surprised if you told me that you're moving around this time 
or if just something big happens in your family sphere that changes things. Even if these things haven't fully sprouted yet, they are underway. Expect these parts of your life to undergo a serious makeover in the next year and a half. Pisces Rising Pisces Risings, these eclipses which started in November 2021, land in your third ninth house axis, giving you an idea of where you can expect things to change over the next year and a half. These houses are about the way you learn and communicate with others and the journeys that you take, big and small. The solar eclipse we had in Taurus on April 30th hit your third house of basic learning. It's also the house of things that exist in your everyday life, like siblings or people who feel like siblings, your neighbors, your neighborhood, and short travels around town. This tells me that your everyday life is changing or about to look very different than it used to. Maybe you have to travel around for work a lot more, or someone new has come into your life shaking things up, or you have to do more emailing and texting than usual. The upcoming Scorpio lunar eclipse is in your ninth house of long journeys, higher education, and faraway places. Opposite the third house, this eclipse will pull you over to the other end of the spectrum and get you thinking about the bigger picture, bigger radius, long-term things that you're learning about. Basically, you're in the beginning parts of some kind of learning journey that's going to affect both the immediate and more distant parts of your life. Yay! Awesome! I hope you found today's information helpful, and if anything resonated with you, please reach out because I would love to hear from you. Don't forget to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Book a reading with me in the show notes. Check out the Astro Vibes website. All that good stuff. Until next time, this has been a podcast where I have gotten down to the nerdy dirty details of fire moons and a bunch of transit stuff and your horoscopes. Maybe next time it'll be about you.